Well, what's up, 412 family? It's M.A., and we're back again with another 412 podcast. Parents, I hope you had a great week. I hope you uh, had great biblical conversations with your students over the course of this week, and I hope this one is the same. I hope this brings great conversation to the dinner table, to the car rides, uh, to just life in general. Uh, But this week, we're going to be breaking down three very core foundational truths of our faith, and that that is we're going to be talking about redemption, We're going to be talking about atonement, and we're going to be talking about grace and what all this means for us in our life and in our pursuit of Jesus, um, in our faith. And so really, if we dive right in, we have to dive in. We have to start with the redemption. What we know from the past couple weeks uh, of talking about God the Father and and, uh, his redemption plan for mankind. Uh, Last week, we talked a little bit about the creation story and how Adam and Eve sinned. But we know that from the foundations of the earth, God had a plan in order to redeem us back to him. And so redemption literally is defined as the action of saving or being saved from sin, error, or evil. So if God had a redemption plan, that means that he had a plan from the very beginning to rescue us, to save us from our depravity, from, to save us from our sin nature that is in us. Um, and really, we can, we can just dive into scriptures and just begin reading scriptures to explain this, this redemption plan or this term redemption. And really, it can start off with one of the most famous verses that any Christian would know is John 3.16. And it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And so from the very beginning, from the foundations of the earth, God had this redemption plan, and that plan was to send Jesus, send his Son, and whoever believes in the Son shall not perish, but have eternal life. But see, here's the truth of the matter. We have sin in our world, and, and it corrupts everything. It makes everything awful. But John 10.10, Jesus himself says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And so what we see here is that through God's redemption plan from the foundations of the world to send Jesus, in John 10.10, Jesus himself is saying, I have come. God has sent me in order to give life abundantly. And so that is that was the that was the plan from from the very beginning. It wasn't just to save us from our sin, but that we might live in him abundantly. And then one of my favorite scriptures of all time is found in Isaiah chapter 43 and starting in verse 1, it says this, but that now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you, I have called you by name, you are mine. And so what we see here is that Not only did God have this plan from the foundations of the earth, it is a very personal plan. He looks down at us individually and calls us by name. It it says in Isaiah 43 verse 1, he said, He who created you, he who formed you, fear not, I have redeemed you, I have called you by name. This is a personal call. Salvation is not a blanket covering. Yes, Jesus' death on the cross covered the sins of the world, but salvation is is a personal calling. And so Jesus is calling you personally. God is calling you personally. In the foundations of the world, his plan of redemption was for you personally. And so will you take up that call? Will you understand that God and and God had this plan and Jesus enacted it on the cross and he did it for you? He didn't just do it for all the world as a blanket statement. No, it is a personal statement. He says, I called you by name. He knows who you are. 
Then we go to John chapter 10, verses 27 through 28. Jesus himself is talking about being the good shepherd, and, and he equates us to being his sheep. And he says this, starting in verse 27 of chapter 10. He says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So what we see here is, is really taking off of Isaiah 43. He says that he calls us. He has called us by name. And so what he's saying here is we hear his call. My sheep hear my voice and I know them. And so he knows us individually. He knows us personally and we will follow him. And then in verse 28, he says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. And so the amazing part of this is when God from the foundations of the world again had this plan of redemption to send Jesus to die on the cross, when he calls us by name, when Jesus gives us this salvation, it says that when we hear his voice and we follow him, he gives us eternal life and no one will be able to snatch us out of his hand. Out of any, out of his hand. So the truth is, is that it is a once and final thing. We don't have to worry about losing our salvation. We don't have to worry about, did I do it right or did I not do it right? If we have truly submitted our life and surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, it's right here. He says, no one will snatch them out of my hand. But in order for redemption to take place, in order to be redeemed, we needed atonement for our sins. So this is the second part of what we're talking about tonight. Atonement is defined as the reconciliation of God and humankind through Jesus Christ. And so the truth of the matter is, if, if we read scripture, if we read in Romans 3.23, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 tells us that the sin, the, the wages or the payment for our sin is death. So therefore, in order for us to become in right standing with God, to bring be brought back into relationship with Him, our sins had to be atoned for or paid for. And in John chapter 10, verses 14 through 15, again, Jesus is talking about himself being the good shepherd. And he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father. And then this is it. Listen right here. He says, and I lay down my life for the sheep. See, the truth is, is when we read scripture, we know that as sinners, we deserve death. But right here, Jesus is saying that he himself lays his life down for the sheep. He lays his life down for our sins. It's not, not that he laid his life down and then we have to do something else. No, Jesus himself takes the payment for our sins. He atones for our sins on the cross. If you go to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, it says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteousness, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. So again, we see here that scripture is telling us that Christ suffered his death. He was righteous, he was perfect, and he was blameless. And so therefore, he was the perfect sacrifice to atone for our sins. And so he, he replaced the righteous for the unrighteous. And it says that he might bring us to God. See, that was God's plan from the very beginning, the redemption plan of bringing us back into relationship with God. And so, the, so therefore, that's what Jesus did on the cross. He made a way that we could be brought back to God in relationship. And then in Romans 5, 8, another one of my favorite scriptures, it says, but God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, he looked at us in the muck and the mire. He looked at us in our, in our worst spot in life. And he said, you know what? I'm going to die for you. 
I'm going to die for that. He didn't require us to clean up our act. He didn't require us to do anything to, to show ourselves worthy. No, it just says, but God showed his love for us that while we were still sinners, while we were still sinners, he died, Christ died for us. So therefore, this is showing the full atonement of Jesus on the cross and how he, our sins had to be atoned for and Jesus' death covers that atonement. Now, what I also find interesting is, is this is why Jesus was born as a baby, because he had to live a perfect life. He had to be the perfect sacrifice. Now, yes, God could have come down and done it completely differently, but as we see in Scripture, God punishes sin through death. In the Old Testament, death was brought about by sacrifice of, a, of an animal. And in the New Testament, it says that Jesus was that perfect sacrifice, that perfect lamb. And so therefore, he was born as a baby. He lived a perfect life so that he could be the perfect sacrifice. The Bible also tells us in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 5, it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who, who in every respect has been tempted as we are tempted, yet without sin. And so what is amazing to me here is it shows us that we have a God and, and a God that loves us so much that he came down, he put human flesh on, he lived a life of 33 years, and he lived it perfectly. But it wasn't to gloat or to brag. It was literally so that he could be the perfect sacrifice for us. But then also in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 5, it tells us that because he did that, he is able to sympathize with our weakness. He is able to understand us. He's able to look at the, the temptation that comes upon us, and he's able to relate. He's not a God that's distant. He is a God that is personal. And so it, that is an amazing thing to me. But even though God had a redemption plan and even though Jesus came and atoned for our sins, we have to understand that we do not deserve redemption and atonement for our sins. We don't deserve it. And there's nothing we can do to earn it. It is all by the grace of God. We need grace. Grace is a very foundational truth that we must stand on. See, grace is defined as the free, unmerited favor of God. See, grace is the undeserved kindness of God towards us as the sinner. We didn't deserve it. We, there was nothing we could do to change it, but God gave us grace. He gave us something we did not deserve. That goes back to Romans 5.8, but God shows his love for us that even while we were still sinners, God, Christ died for us. See, grace is an amazing foundational truth that we must understand and we must be able to incorporate into our own lives because by grace we have been saved. That's what Ephesians 2, chapter, verse, chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 says. It says, For grace you have been saved through faith. It is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that anyone may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So here's the, here's the reality of it. Yes, God had a redemption plan. Yes, God in that redemption plan sent Jesus to atone for our sins on the cross. But by no means did we ever deserve it or, or will we ever deserve it. It says that we have, we have for, for by grace we have been saved through faith. And it is not of our own doing. There is nothing we can do to earn it. There's nothing we can say to earn it. There's nothing in this life that will make us any more deserving of the grace of God. But yet, while we are still sinners, Christ 
died for us. So we're sinners. Romans 3.23 says that. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. If I was going to ask everybody listening to this right now, raise your hand if you're a sinner, 100% of us should raise our hands. Now, because we are sinners, we cannot be in relationship with God because He is holy. But in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3-10, through 10, it tells us, it tells us, if you read that scripture, that from the foundations of the world, God chose us and has redeemed us through the blood of Jesus. I would, parents, go open Ephesians chapter 1, read chapter 1, but really focuses, focus on chapter 1, verses 3-10, through 10, and read that over your family because it shows that God chose us. It was a personal choosing. He gave us grace when we did not deserve it. See, our sin deserved death, but God had a plan to redeem us. And he sent Jesus, the perfect sacrifice to die on the cross. And as the atonement for our sins, Jesus' death atoned for our sins. See, our sin required a perfect sacrifice to pay the penalty that was due. And that was Jesus. See, he was born of a baby. He lived a perfect life so he could atone for our sins. But there is nothing we did or can do to deserve redemption or atonement. It was all by the grace of God that we are saved. And again, Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 4 through 5, it says, But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together in Christ. By grace, you have been saved. So as we go out, to, uh, out this week and as we go into this world, man, let's, let's rest on the immense grace that God gave us and be thankful for that grace that he gave us. Because no matter how hard we try, we do not deserve it. And no matter what we do say or, or act like from this point on, we will not be any more worthy of the salvation that Jesus has brought to us by his death on the cross. For by grace, we have been saved. Let's hold on to that. Let's champion that. And as we go into this world, understand the grace that was given to us and let's bestow that grace on other people as we go out and shine light and tell them about the amazing, amazing word and the truth of the gospel, that they can too be saved, that they will surrender their life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, John 3, 16. And if you just believe in the Son, you will, you shall be saved. Y'all have a great week. Parents, I hope you have a great conversation. Go read Ephesians chapter 1 with your students. Talk about it. Have great biblical conversations. We'll see you next week. Stay humble, stay focused, keep pressing.